week from our study in Acts. We've been, it's been really exciting to see um, what God has been doing through our study in Acts. I've been having a lot of great conversations with many of you about how our study of the early church has been uh, just kind of transforming uh, our understanding of what God calls us to do in this day and age for Him. But, you know, for the last couple of weeks, um, I've just felt that, that God was, was bringing me through some, some things personally and through some conversations with people here in the church and actually through friends and family that, that He kept bringing this passage to mind in Matthew 11 where Jesus calls us to Himself and He calls everyone who is laboring, who is weary, who is tired and who is carrying a heavy burden. And so through prayer, I, I just um, had decided that it would be important enough to take a break from our, um, our study of Acts to look at this beautiful passage of Scripture in Matthew 11 where Jesus, in sweet words of tenderness from His heart, He calls us to Himself. And so the passage we're going to look at this morning is Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Perhaps it's um, some verses of Scripture that maybe, as a young believer, you memorized. But in just a couple of minutes, we're going to read it together. And you're probably familiar with it, but, you know, it's so important that we remember that we have a Savior who desires to take upon Himself our burdens. Amen? We just sang these words in that song, Oceans, in the chorus. Just listen to these words. I will call upon Your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in Your embrace. For I am Yours and You are mine. That chorus sums up the passage that we're going to read in just a moment. When Jesus calls all of us to Himself to give us rest. You know, I remember when our kids were little, we'd send them off to school and I'd often feel guilty about how big their backpacks were and how much stuff was in it. I don't remember when I was a kid way back when carrying such a big, heavy backpack. And I remember just seeing them go off to school, especially when they were younger, and it seemed like it was like almost as big as they were and as heavy as they were. So, you know, there were some studies done recently, and actually the average weight of a student's backpack in high school, a high school student, is about 10 to 12 pounds, but it can go all the way up to almost 30 pounds to be carrying around books and notebooks and pens and pencils and whatever else students kind of pack in there. But, you know, perhaps in the mornings on the way to work, you pass a school and you see kids walking and they got these huge backpacks. And it's even to the point where many kids have backpacks now with rollers on them, right? Because they're just too heavy. It's amazing. I remember once I was bringing Julie to school when she was going to middle school and, and, uh, we passed one of her friends. We, were just, we saw them uh, coming up, and, 
and uh, had one of these big, huge backpacks on. I felt so sorry for her, and so we pulled over and, and just said, you want to ride? And so, of course, they were thankful, and we were like, you know, they had a long way to go, and so and so we offered Julia's friend a ride, and, and she got in, and I remember as we're driving, I was talking, and I looked back, and the friend was talking to me. I was asking her how she was doing, and I noticed she still had her backpack on. So we had offered her a ride. She gladly accepted. She got in the car, but she was still carrying the weight of her backpack. You know, many of us are burdened here today. We all carry certain burdens, and that's always going to be a part of our life. But for some of us, even this morning, we may have emotional wounds or spiritual scars or mental fresh wounds that run deep perhaps some even hemorrhaging meaning that you you can't find a way to to stop the bleeding perhaps it seems like there's no hope nowhere to turn no light at the end of the tunnel we all know what it's like to feel overwhelmed but what about feeling overwhelmed to the core where we feel at any moment we may collapse under the weight of our burdens and our oppressions. See, the sad thing is, is that just like when we offered a ride to Julia's friend, she got in the car. And it was a great blessing for her. But yet, she chose not to take the weight off of her shoulders. So for many of us here, we have at some point in our lives accepted Christ to be the Messiah, to be the Savior, and have put our faith and trust in Him. We've talked a lot in our study of Acts about belief, that we have been called to believe. And when we have, then we have received what we call salvation. But how many of us are still carrying around that heavy backpack. We've gotten in the car. We've praised God for salvation. But yet we have yet to come to Him and find true rest for our souls. For that is what Jesus calls us to. I want to read this short passage to you. It's Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30 And Jesus says these words. I'm going to read it three times. Slowly, just read it. You can close your eyes or listen to it. Listen to the call of your Savior. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. 
you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus gives us an invitation, three invitations actually. He invites us to come to Him to take His yoke and to learn from Him. Three things He invites us to. To come to Him, to take His yoke, and to learn from Him. And He gives us a promise. He says, I will give you rest. And that is no typical rest from physical labor. It is a soul rest. So the first question is this, as I'm reading through this, what is a yoke? Now, I would say most of us here are not farmers. I would venture to say that. But any farmer would know what a yoke is. I want to show you a picture of what a yoke is. That's a yoke. Steve, no jokes back there, by the way. He knows what I'm talking about. So that's a yoke. In the next picture, you'll see what it's used for. A yoke is what is used to bind two oxen together. Two beasts of burden, as they call it. So a farmer would know that uh, back in the old days, if he wanted to plow a field, he would hook up the plow, or perhaps a wagon, or whatever he wanted to pull, that had a heavy weight, that was too much of a burden for him to pull or to carry or to bear. And he would take this wooden Um, yoke and he would put it on the backs on the shoulders of two ox like you see there and they would be bound together by this yoke and then there is that chain or that rope underneath that keeps them from separating but there is this yoke that binds them together and i mean we can kind of think through the practicality of that right first of all it makes sure that they're both heading in the right direction, together, right? If you didn't have that yoke, it's very possible that they would start going their own way. And that would be a disaster for the farmer, right? His field would look like that. (laughs) But what it also does is it helps them to stay together, to not only head in the same direction, but to carry and to share the load. But also notice that the yoke is most often designed and fitted especially for that particular animal. And as they would grow, they would have to reshape it and make it so that it fit them well so that it would work properly. So just kind of keep that picture in mind, that picture of this yoke as we continue to read this passage and pull out some things in here that we really need to understand as followers of Jesus Christ about what he's calling us to do when he says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy 
and my burden is light. So, you know, in this passage, we always want to look at the context of our passage of Scripture. It's important to notice that what Jesus was doing at the time was he was addressing the people of Israel who were burdened and weighed down with legalism by the weight of the law that the religious leaders, the Pharisees, had, had put upon them. And they were following, and they were following the religious leaders of the day and how they were being led astray. What did that lead to? As they were following the religious leaders, they were burdened and weighed down by guilt, by frustration, by dissatisfaction that goes along with legalism. In Matthew 24, Jesus says to the religious leaders, Why are you tying up heavy loads and laying them on men's shoulders? He was talking about how at at that time they were interpreting the law and giving them a whole list of do's and don'ts, things that were weighing them down. They were being crushed in oppression under the weight of the law. You know, those who were under the Mosaic law, they were said to be yoked to Moses. And those who were under the authority of the Pharisees, they were said to be yoked to the Pharisees. But Jesus here says, come to me. Come and follow me. He is calling them, and today calling us, to a different kind of yoke to a different kind of discipleship, not to Moses or under the law, not to Pharisees or different religions or religious leaders or anything in our world system, but He is very simply calling us to Himself. Not to a set of rules, not to laws, not to religion or a system or a program. He's not calling us to labor, to guilt, to shame. He's not calling us to doubt or anxiety or fear, but simply to come to Him, a person, to His heart, His will, His love, to find rest in Him. It's been described as a divine embrace. I love those two words together. A divine embrace that when Jesus calls His followers, it is so different, and as always, the opposite of what the religious leaders of the day were doing. He was calling them to find rest in Him. I want to share with you three other passages of of the Scriptures that talk about this word yoke. Just have that picture in mind. Those two two oxen just um, tied together through that yoke. And listen to what it says. The first one is in Acts 15.10. And this is actually a chapter we're going to get to pretty shortly, right? Because we're heading in next week into the Acts 14. But we're going to see this soon. But I wanted to show this to you in Acts 15:10. This is Peter, the Apostle Peter, at the Jerusalem Council. We're going to learn a lot about that when we get to it. But basically what was happening, and this is important we understand why he's saying this, is because there were some in the church that were still teaching the need for circumcision. Remember way back when in our study of Acts, we talked about that group of Judaizers, those who were preaching a false gospel. 
because they were adding the law back into grace. Remember that? So we have that still happening, that there was a group of leaders in the church that were saying, in order to truly become saved, a Gentile needed to be circumcised. So they had to call this council together, called the Jerusalem Council, to kind of talk about that and address this issue. Was circumcision necessary for true salvation? So in Acts 15, 10, Peter addresses those leaders and says this, Now therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of our Lord Jesus, just as they will. And he was calling them out here saying, why are you putting a yoke of oppression back of the law onto the necks, onto the shoulders of the disciples? You see that? Peter is calling them out. Saying, why are you teaching that our, our friends need to now accept Christ, but also place upon themselves the burden of having to earn their salvation, of having to work to earn the favor of God. Don't we often still do that, even as believers in Christ? That we give way to things like doubt and fear? And things like anxiety, things like guilt and shame when we fall into sin. But here, Peter is reminding us why. Why would we want to have this oppressive yoke back on us when Jesus has set us free? When it is a gospel of grace. For we know that we have been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. The second one I wanted you to look at is 2 Corinthians 6.14. This is a very um, popular verse that is often used um, to talk about not being married to a, an unbeliever or to not venture into a um, uh, business transaction with somebody that's not a believer. I've heard lots of things talked about this passage. But look at what it says. And in the context of what we're talking about and in that passage... He says, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6.14, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? See, then he continues on to describe this need for us as Christ followers to live a life of holiness separated from the world Because Christ now lives in us. But by doing that, the only way to be successful in doing that is to first take upon ourselves the yoke of Christ. And we're getting to that in a second and what that really means. That we are not to be unequally yoked. You know, there's actually um, a law back in Deuteronomy. I think it's uh, Deuteronomy 22.10 where the, the, uh, the people of Israel are called not to yoke an ox with a horse, I think it says, or with a donkey, to not unequally yoke two animals because it wouldn't work. Could you imagine in that picture if you took one of those big, huge ox and then you, um, you yoked it with um, a small little donkey? 
right? What would happen? Not only would they not be able to go straight, but they certainly wouldn't be carrying the burden together. So it's even written into their law not to do that. But look at Galatians 5.1. And what a beautiful verse. For it says, For freedom Christ has set us free. So stand firm therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I hope you've been seeing this pattern even throughout our study of Acts that the leaders of the early church, Peter, Paul, and Barnabas, they're calling the church to say, just remember you've been set free. Why are you going back to the oppressive yoke of the law? Why are you trying to earn favor with God? Why are you bringing back this whole list of things that leads to legalism? Why are you doing that? When it is for freedom, Christ has set us free. He says, no longer submit again to a yoke of slavery. You know, there is this problem that we have of even though we recognize that our chains are gone and that we've been set free, there is something about those chains of slavery that every once in a while we like to slip those back on. Because there's just this comfort zone. This strange thing about being comfortable in our iniquities, in our bondage to sin. But Christ has set us free. For freedom He has set us free, and we are no longer to accept upon our shoulders the yoke of slavery. But it's important to recognize this. Jesus says, Come to Me, all who labor and are heavy laden, or weary and heavy laden, And I will give you rest. That's the promise. But look at what he says in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. We'll stop right there in a second. So Jesus is not saying, come to me and I'll remove your yoke of slavery so you're no longer having a yoke. It is not what he's saying. He is saying, take my yoke upon you. So you need to picture it this way. So if we have those two ox together and they're, they're, um, they're put together by that yoke, what Jesus is saying is this. He is saying, come to me and take your side of it and put my yoke upon you. He is calling us to be yoked together with Him. There's this great... Um, uh, this great picture that is shared uh, in a book called Design for Discipleship by uh, J. Dwight Pentecost. And I want to read a passage of this to you. It won't be up on the screen, but just listen. Because I think this description will help us to understand exactly what Christ is calling us to do. Because remember, He says, take my yoke upon you. So He is offering us His yoke. Pentecost says this, Back in my college days, I observed an incident that made this scripture very clear to me. On Sunday afternoons, I used to go out to a little rural Sunday school to teach. And on such a day, a friend, a farmer, and I were visiting in the community. 
We saw an old farmer plowing with a team of oxen. So as I saw this team, I was somewhat amazed. For one was a huge ox and the other a small, immature one. That older, bigger ox towered over the little one that was sharing the work with him. I was amazed but also perplexed to see a farmer trying to plow with two such unequal animals in the yoke. And I commented about this to my friend. The man who was with me stopped the car and said, I want you to notice something. The large ox, and make sure we understand this, the large ox is pulling all the weight. The little one is being broken gently into the yoke. But he is not actually pulling any weight. He goes on to say, in the normal yoke, the load is equally distributed between the two that are yoked together. But when we are yoked with Jesus Christ, He bears the load. Can I read that again? When we are yoked with Jesus Christ, He bears the load. And watch this. And we who are yoked with Him, we share in the joy and the accomplishment of the labor, but without the burden of the yoke. That we who are yoked with Him share in the joy and the accomplishment of the labor, but without the burden of the yoke. He goes on to say, the tragedy is that some of us have never been broken into the yoke. Perhaps we've gotten into the car, but not taken off the heavy backpack. How then can someone submit to Christ's yoke? The explanation is in the little phrase, learn from me. Do you catch that? He says, take my yoke upon you. And if we were to say, how do we do that? He says, learn from me. Learn from me. This is a call to discipleship. It's a call that once we are in the car to remove the burden, to remove the backpack. You see that? To cast all our cares upon Him. How are we to do that? To learn from Him. And then Pentecost ends his section by saying this. Listen to these words. When we've heard Christ's words, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We have responded and come to him. But listen to this. Just picture it. But when Jesus prepares to slip a yoke around our necks to join us to himself, we often resist. We fight back. We back off. We refuse to be brought under bondage to anyone, sometimes not even Jesus Christ. But until we become yoked to Him in the sweetest bondage that heaven or earth knows, we cannot be His true disciples. When Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, it means learn from me. Submit to my word, acknowledge my authority is what He's saying. When we do that, the promise is we will find rest for our souls. Jesus calls us to an intimate fellowship with Him as learning disciples. You know, when He says, 
My yoke is easy. That word easy is very interesting. Because in the Greek, what it really means, I think the best way to interpret it here, is it means that it is well-fitting. It is fit just for us. Remember I said at the beginning that oftentimes the farmer would mold that yoke to shape it to fit his ox perfectly. Now you know after a long day, you're out working or shopping or whatever, you come home, what's the first thing you want to do at night to get yourself comfortable? Bless you. You put on your pajamas, you put on your comfy clothes, your sweatpants, your sweatshirt, whatever, right? And I mean, we all kind of do that. We have our comfortable clothes, right? And so why are they so comfortable? They fit us so well. They allow us to kind of move freely. We don't even have to think about it. They're very comfortable and warm and well-fitting, made just for us. Don't you hate it when you go at clothes shopping and you know, your body's kind of changed a little bit since the last time you went shopping. And it's hard to find those clothes that fit you. And you meant, now I've never had a suit like tailored just for me. But that must be a great experience to have something tailor-made to fit you perfectly, right? So that's what he's saying. Jesus says, my yoke is easy, which means I have made it just for you. And he's inviting us to come and Allow, and he's saying, just allow me to slip this, it, uh, Pentecost says, the sweetest of bondage, this yoke upon you. Because then together we are yoked with him. But just like that picture of the big mature ox training the small one and the immature one, he is carrying all of the burden. But what do we get from it? We get the joy of moving forward with him seeing all of the accomplishments it's like the little immature ox who's seeing that field being plowed and he's not doing any work he's just along for the ride in a sense you see that jesus calls us to himself and he says all of you who are weary and heavy laden i'm going to give you rest here's how i'm going to do it take my yoke upon you Exchange that yoke of bondage for the law and legalism and exchange that for a yoke of grace and learn from me. Follow me, he's saying. You know, when Jesus began his ministry, didn't he go around asking people to simply come and follow me? When he called his disciples, his first disciples, he called them and said, come and follow me. Come and follow me. That's what he's saying here again. He's saying, come to me. Like I said before, not to a religion or a program or a system. He says, come to me and enjoy the benefits of that divine embrace. See, he's calling us to serve him, to be under bondage to him, but it's a bondage that is not a burden to carry. He says we are to work and to serve in the strength which He gives us. Do you see that? Just like the bigger ox, He's the one carrying the burden. He's the one with all the strength. That we are not to try to live out this Christian life under our own power or strength. But it is by submitting ourselves to the gentle yoke of Christ and to the leading and guiding and power 
and strength of the Holy Spirit within us that we can live that victorious Christian life. See, He's always there beside us, pulling the weight if only we yield our lives to Him. The only time that load becomes overbearing is when we try to take over and handle it ourselves. The promise is rest. But again, it is not just a simple rest from physical labor. It is a rest of the soul. That is a kind of rest that goes much deeper. For as our burdens go deep, so must the rest for our soul. It's a release. A release. Jesus comes and says, would you just cast your cares upon me? He gives, listen, He gives you permission to release your fears and worries. To release those things that hold you captive. To release your guilt and your shame. And He says, release it to me. Release all that tension, that anxiety, that stress, that bitterness, so that you can experience every day a rest for your soul. In Luke chapter four, in Luke chapter four, Jesus begins his earthly ministry, and he reads in the synagogue from a passage in Isaiah, and that passage is talking about a savior releasing us from bondage. Jesus reads that and He says, this has been fulfilled in your presence today. Is what He says. So He's saying, as He reads those words in Luke 4 about bringing freedom for the oppressed and setting the captives free, He says, that's what I have come to do. He was summarizing His earthly ministry just as he got started. So here in this passage, he was really done at this point in his ministry with performing the miracles. From this point on, he really focuses in his ministry to his disciples of teaching them. Teaching them how to follow him. And so he calls his disciples and says, you have gotten in the car. Take off your backpack. You no longer need to carry that burden. He says, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. He's offering that to us. What is our responsibility? To accept it. To enter into that relationship. To say, yes, I want to be your disciple and learn from you. I will submit myself to your authority. And he says, you know why? Jesus says, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He is gentle and lowly in heart, which means he's humble. In his humility, with that gentle yoke, he says, you will then find rest for your soul. I think all of us here need to understand truly what that means. Maybe some of us are more desperate this morning than others. But we all, as Christ followers, need to understand what we are being called to. We are being called to take upon ourselves the yoke of our Savior Jesus. 
to remove from ourselves, to allow Him, through His graciousness and grace alone, to remove that yoke of bondage to the law and to accept the yoke of grace. You remember what I said at the beginning, the context of this passage, that Jesus was talking to the people and saying, look, you are submitting yourselves to a yoke of slavery and bondage to these religious leaders who are leading you astray. And He says, come to Me. You're My followers. Take My yoke. Not their yoke, but My yoke. There is no peace. There is no hope. There is no freedom that this world can offer. But only a true peace and a true hope and a true freedom that comes from Jesus Christ. Our part is to say yes, Lord. To simply say yes and accept that yoke which is easy and light, which is fit perfectly for us. They are willing to walk every day with our Lord Jesus Christ. Let Him carry the burden. Let Him lead the way. And then we get to enjoy all that God is doing in and through us. But my, my message really this morning, I hope, has been clear and I want it to be very simple. Please, cast your cares upon Him. You don't need to suffer under the weight of a burden that Jesus says will, He will carry for you. Why would you do that? Why would you gladly get in the car but not take off your heavy backpack? Why would you accept Christ as your Savior and continue to carry a heavy load and burden? Perhaps there's something that has happened in your life recently and, and you feel like you're being crushed under the weight of oppression. Whatever that is, Jesus is calling you to His easy and gentle yoke. For that's what He does for us. He does not leave you nor forsake you. Only in Him is there true hope and peace and freedom. For again He says that He has come to set the captives free. So it is for freedom that Christ has set us free to no longer accept a yoke of slavery. If you are here this morning and you have not yet accepted that Jesus Christ is the true Messiah sent by God to provide the only way to be justified back to the Father, our Creator, and salvation, today can be that day for you where you were able, through the power of God, to come before Him and simply, simply accept Him into your heart. To believe, as Scripture says, to believe that Jesus died on the cross to take your place for your sins and that He rose again, defeating death, that you may have the hope of eternal life. And if you believe that, my friends, then you no longer have to live carrying a burden that Jesus says He will carry for you. Don't do that. Don't live under a yoke of slavery that is not necessary. Because the message of Jesus is one, 
of grace. So let us rest in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for the beautiful words that you give to each one that believes in you. Words to follow you. A simple and gentle call to come to you and to place at your feet all of our burdens, all of our cares, all the baggage, all the worries, all the things that we have allowed to be piled upon our shoulders to weigh us down, heart and mind and body and soul, and to accept the promise that You give us that in accepting Your gentle and easy yoke, You will give us rest for our soul. We thank You for that promise. But God, through Your Spirit, would You empower us, give us the courage to be able to do that. To lay down at Your feet all of those things that burden us. And accept the call to follow You. And God, we thank You that You have given us the Lord Jesus Christ. We, um, we have no words to truly express our thankfulness to You for Him. But God, we recognize that it is in His power and in His name and what He did for us on the cross that we can then come before You and say yes, that we will accept that call. We thank You for the rest that You offer for our soul. In Jesus' name, Amen.